of Worship, your source for commentary and discussion on worship, theology, and culture. I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Welcome to the Active Worship Podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones, and we are very close to finishing book two in the Psalter, in the book of Psalms. Uh, That will conclude with the next episode, but here we are in Psalm 71, the penultimate uh, chapter of the second book out of five in the book of Psalms. And so here we are in Psalm 71. It is a psalm of lament, and it is very obviously uttered by an older man. You see that in the text here that I will read shortly. Uh, This psalm is one of the few of the first two books uh, in the book of Psalms that does not have a title. And uh, so, obviously, our English translations would not put a title in there if the original Psalter doesn't have it in it. So there is no title. Um except for what we have given it in our translation. Now, remember, when when you see, the, if you were to see the original Psalter, there would not be uh, verse numbers. Uh, similar to if you saw the earliest manuscripts of the Greek New Testament, there would not be verse numbers. Uh, so we have given verse numbers to Scripture to help us as readers um, break it down into smaller chunks, which I like. Hopefully you like it too. Um but you wouldn't have the verse numbers. Likewise, when you read your Bible and you have maybe a bold text above a, a chapter and it is given an English title, that is not in the original text as well. So, for example, here in Psalm 71, my ESV says, forsake me not when my strength is gone. That is not the original title of the psalm because, as I said, it does not have a title. So... Uh, As I mentioned, it is a lament uttered by an older man. Let me read for you these 24 verses in Psalm 71. In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me and rescue me. Incline your ear to me and save me. Be to me a rock of refuge to which I may continually come. You have given the command to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Rescue me, O God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of the unjust and cruel man. For you, O Lord, are my hope, my trust, O Lord, from my youth. Upon you I have leaned from before my birth. You are he who took me from my mother's womb. My praise is continually of you. I have been as portent to many, but you are my strong refuge. My mouth is filled with your praise and your glory all the day. Do not cast me off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength is spent. For my enemies speak concerning me. Those who watch for my life consult together and say, God has forsaken him. Pursue and seize him, for there is none to deliver him. O God, be not far from me. O my God, make haste to help me. May my accusers be put to shame and consumed with scorn and disgrace. May they be covered who seek my hurt. But I will hope continually and will praise you yet more and more. My mouth will tell of your righteous acts, of your deeds of salvation all the day, for their number is past my knowledge. 
with the mighty deeds of the Lord God, I will come. I will remind them of your righteousness, yours alone. O God, from my youth, you have taught me, and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. So even to old age and gray hairs, O God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all those to come. Your righteousness, O God, reaches the high heavens. You who have done great things, O God, who is like you? You who have made me see many troubles and calamities will revive me again. From the depths of the earth, you will bring me up again. You will increase my greatness and comfort me again. I will also praise you with the harp for your faithfulness, O my God. I will sing praises to you with the lyre. O Holy One of Israel, my lips will shout for joy when I sing praises to you, my soul also, which you have redeemed. And my tongue will talk of your righteous help all the day long, for they have been put to shame and disappointed who sought to do me hurt. A little note here. I don't know that I've ever mentioned it. It probably is obvious, but there are several references in the book of Psalms um, to the harp and the lyre. Now, this psalm does not is not attributed to an author, but I should say that often when you see uh, a, a reference to the harp or the lyre, some sort of musical instrument, often it is David, because David himself played... Uh, a stringed instrument, a harp or a lyre, something like that. We might call it a harp. Um, uh, keep in mind, these are ancient instruments, but David himself played a musical instrument. He was a musician. Um, and so uh, you often see these references in the book of Psalms. Um, so let me break this down for you. Psalm 71, it starts and says, In your righteousness, deliver me and rescue me. That is in the... Um, the the, first, the second verse there, he, he, he starts off, the psalmist says, In you, O Lord, I take refuge. It is a lament where the psalmist is putting his hope in the Lord and referencing the shelter that he takes in God. And then he says, In your righteousness, deliver me. If you remember back at Psalm 31, uh, verse 1, David himself says, In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me. And a similar phrase here. So the psalmist appeal, uh, appeals to the Lord's righteousness in his distress that is caused by the wickedness of the enemy. A similar situation here in Psalm 71. And so the phrase, your righteousness, indicates God's commitment to save those who are in covenant relationship with him, the people of Israel. And then he says in verse 3, now keep in mind this psalm is referring constantly to God's um, place of shelter for the psalmist. In verse 3, he says, be to me a rock of refuge. You are my rock and my fortress. In ancient cities, they would have known about a fortress. There would have been a place of shelter. Often the city, the cities in biblical times had walls around them, Jerusalem, for example. Uh, and so the city was sort of a fortress. And there were even uh, places of refuge within those walls. And on top of the walls, you had areas where watchmen would watch in case the enemy attacked. And so the psalmist here is, is conveying that God himself is 
a refuge like none other, even more than the physical refuge that he would have taken within the walls of Jerusalem. God is the psalmist's only place of protection. Verse 5, you are my hope, my trust, O Lord, from my youth. So the psalmist here is in his old age, but referencing his youth. The, the language of the psalmist shows that he is now an older man, and he's in a position where he can look back over his life and ponder his relationship with God. Do you ever do that? Do you ever look back on your life and look and notice how God has worked in your life, perhaps even protected you throughout your life? I know I do, and if it wasn't for the Lord's sovereign grace, there's no telling what I would, where I would be or if I would even be here at all. And so it's amazing how hindsight is twenty twenty, and you can look back and see how God has certainly protected you. And maybe even during those moments, you might have thought, where is God in this moment? And you look back now and go, oh, yeah, he was right there the whole time. Verse 6, he says, you are he who took me from my mother's womb. The psalmist confesses that God created him for a gracious and an eternal purpose. And then he says in verse 11, uh, concerning the enemies, that they would say God has forsaken him. This is similar to Job and his friends. The psalmist's enemies have come to the wrong conclusion about his suffering, that God has forsaken him, and he certainly has not. Verse 14, I will hope continually. So he can look back over his long life and he can see how, how God has saved him in the past and so his memory then serves as a bulwark of devotion, the same way that when we recall the works that God has done in our own lives, it should be a source of strength for us. And if we're not recalling any moments when he has been good to us, then we're missing it, because he has, and it is very obvious and not difficult to find, but how often we forget because of the enemy's attacks. How often does the enemy divert our attention from where it should be? and force us, in a way, to forget what God has done for us. And if we would just quickly remove our, our, our gaze from where it should be in the peripheral and move our gaze to where it should be on the Lord, we would quickly remember that God has been gracious to us and he's been more than good to us and given us so much more than what we deserve. Verse 5, or sorry, verse 15 my mouth will tell of your righteous acts, your deeds of salvation all the day, for their number is past my knowledge. Uninterrupted praise cannot adequately express God's mercy. And, and truly what he has done for us is beyond our comprehension. We can't even begin to understand it. Verse 18. So even to old age and gray hairs, O God, do not... Forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation. So it's the obligation of older members of God's community in our churches to, um, to teach the younger generation what God has done. That is a responsibility. Those who are uh, maybe more seasoned in life to mentor the younger people, the younger generation. I'm only 39, but... I have maybe experiences that someone younger than me has not had, and I could help them. And I do truly believe that everything we, we go through is intended to be used for the glory of God. And so whatever we go through in our lives, it should be used and point directly to God and his glory and his purposes. 
Verse 19, your righteousness, O God, reaches the high heavens. God's righteousness is so great that it can't be contained. It is without limit. And he says, who is like you? It's a rhetorical question. No one is like you. Verse 20, you have made me see the many troubles and calamities. You will revive me again. So the psalmist here knows that life is difficult. And Jesus promises as much to us. He says, in this world, you will have trouble. And he, he knows that life is difficult. And that God has not sheltered him from every difficulty, and he will not do that. That's not a promise. So if someone ever tells you, become a Christian, get rich, become a Christian, life will be easy, that is absolutely false. And it's one reason people have a problem, I myself included, have a problem with prosperity gospel. That become a Christian, God will bless you. Pray, God absolutely will heal you here on earth. Um, certainly God will ultimately heal his his people, whether through death or healing them physically here on earth. But to say that God will heal you, your body here on earth, that that's absolutely a guarantee, is a lie. And so God has not sheltered the psalmist here from difficulties, but he has the psalmist here has confidence that God will deliver him. Verse 21. You will comfort me again. Job is an example of a person who was restored after a time of intense suffering. But this kind of restoration does not always happen during earthly existence. And you see this uh, constantly throughout scripture. For example, Luke 16, 25, Abraham said, Child, remember that in your lifetime received your good things and Lazarus in like manner bad things. But now he is comforted here and you are in anguish. Romans 8.18 For I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is be, to be revealed. 2 Corinthians 4.17 For this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comprehension. And so... Uh, God restores in different ways, and ultimately his people will be 100% perfectly restored when, when we are with Christ. Uh, however, there are times I truly believe that God does heal people. It still happens. In fact, there are countless references and, and examples. Now, I've never seen this in person, but I firmly believe it has happened and still happens. Uh, countless examples of people who have literally been raised from the dead. And so if God wants to heal somebody, he absolutely can. There are, there are those that, you know, you know, you go on one end of this the spectrum or another where you say, you know, oh, God can and w will heal somebody if they just have enough faith. And that's a wrong interpretation. But then there are those that say God doesn't do that anymore. And that is not a correct interpretation as well. To say that God doesn't heal. There are people that say, well, God doesn't speak to people anymore. That he, you know, he, he's not going to write words in the sky with bolts of lightning. Listen to me. If God wants to write words with bolts of lightning in the sky, he absolutely will. Um, you know, for someone to say that God doesn't do such and such, um, would be limiting what God can do and still does do. He, uh, I firmly believe that he still speaks to people through dreams, um, that, that miraculous things happen. 
Okay, so so don't think that. Uh, and I know people who are uh, cessationists who believe that uh, the gift of tongues perhaps doesn't exist or prophecy and that sort of thing. Um, I, I'm not one that would come to that conclusion. I think that's a stretch. However, I will say that there are people who have abused um, uh, those those types of gifts and who, who might uh, use them for anything other than the glory of God. But to say that God doesn't work in miraculous ways anymore would be false. He absolutely does. The Holy Spirit is God that we have here on earth, our comforter, our convictor, and equal with the Father and the Son. And so the whole, don't, don't get the idea that the Holy Spirit that we possess here on the earth is somehow subpar to the Father and the Son, okay? The Holy Spirit is the same God. The Holy Spirit is the same God that created the entire universe. The Holy Spirit has equal authority to both Father and Son. And so the Holy Spirit, all the things that Jesus did on earth, healed people, miraculous things, rose from the dead. The miraculous things that the Father did, that you see the Father doing, even in the Old Testament, parting the waters of the sea, causing the walls of Jericho to fall down, these miraculous things, flooding the entire earth. These are the same miraculous abilities that the Holy Spirit possesses because the Holy Spirit is the same God. Okay, so don't limit God and what he can do. He absolutely can do the same miraculous things, and I firmly believe does do the miraculous things. I have seen healings. Like I said, I've never seen someone raised from the dead. I would, I don't know what I would, how I'd react if I ever saw that. But I do believe that miraculous things such as this exist, that it still happens. And so when, when restoration, the psalmist here is talking about being restored, okay, this is not... Um, just a reference to God's miraculous abilities, although it certainly could be. But the the type of restoration that will come for for all believers is an eternal restoration when we are with Christ. And so this is a psalm of lament where the psalmist is uh, crying out for God to help him and save him in his righteousness. And yet it is also a psalm that uh, points directly to the hope that God's people have in him. So I have set this. Now, this is a lengthy psalm, okay? The, the verses are, are lengthy. And so um, it does have eight stanzas in the setting I've used. Um, I think it's eight. Yes, eight stanzas. And so it's it's kind of lengthy. And you might say, well, it's a little bit redundant musically. When I, when I set hymns, you know, the, the stanzas pretty much all sound the same. Um, so, you know, Sorry, that's how it is. It's a long psalm and long stanzas. Um, uh, but, you know, the purpose is to be able to make the music acts accessible to the average person. And so this is one that can be sung pretty easily. It is a somber and, and kind of a slower setting, uh, worshipful setting, uh, but one that really captures the idea of this lament with the hope of, Uh, of God juxtaposed with it. So here's Psalm 71. Thank you for listening today to the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones.
Justice all day. 